Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Uncensored with Ed Young. If you're a pastor looking for creative sermons, transcripts, and media, visit creativepastors.com. For more leadership handles, follow Ed on social media and check out edyoung.com. We also want to invite you to join us every weekend at Fellowship Church. Visit one of our many locations or even join us online. For locations and experience times, visit fellowshipchurch.com. And now, it's time for the raw and real. This is Leadership Uncensored. We are talking about fishing, and when you talk about fishing, you got to talk about fishermen. And I have with me two of the greatest fishermen, no doubt, anywhere, Andy Mill and his son, his more talented son, right, Andy? Sure. More talented, Nikki Mill. These guys are fish hawks. Unbelievable. Andy, I think you're like, aren't you in the IGFA Hall of Fame? I'm sure. No, but well, that you will be. good. He will be. <laughs> and they, they, they're cool guys. Andy and Nikki fish all over the place. Andy, those of us who are young who are watching this, Andy, I'm sure we remember twice you've been in the Olympics as a downhill skier. What else you've done? You've done, I mean, all sorts of announcing. Well, you know, my, my upbringing in Aspen, I was very fortunate because yes. it was as much fishing as it was skiing. Mm -hmm. But I started uh, when I was about nine and I skied in two Olympics and two world championships. And then when I got out of skiing. That's all? I was, yeah, that's, <laughs> I tried hard. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. um, you know, and then when I got out of skiing, I was a broadcaster for CBS. I did, I covered a couple Olympics, but I was in, you know, that business for about 20 years, but fishing was as much of my upbringing and roots as skiing was. Yes. So in the summer, you know, we were on the water. I was tying flies for my allowance when I was 10, 11, 12. I was a guide when I was like 14. So as much as my life um, is known as being an Olympic skier, it really was fishing as well. I love it. Yeah. Lucky. And then Nikki, I'm sure just being around this guy, father-son thing, it was probably caught and taught. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I've been fishing since I was like five years old. Um, Have you really? Yeah, we were, we were mullet fishing for sharks and tarpon outside of Papa Joe's when I was like five and six. And I've loved it ever since. And just progressively got into fly fishing and sight fishing. Isn't, isn't that cool about fishing, Nikki? Because it's like, there's something magical about it. Anybody you talk to who's ever caught a fish will remember, like, oh, I caught that fish. Whether it's a cane pole or a 12 weight. Isn't that true? Well, I think fishing brings out of lot of, a, a lot of hope. Yes. A, a lot of the unknown. And there's, it's an adventurous state of mind where you have all this open-ended stuff and you're there and you're waiting for a tug at the end of the line. Yes. And how can you not love that? And as a young kid, we've all felt that. Mm -hmm. And you gravitate to bigger fish and to doing it more often. And he got it. Yeah. You either get it or you don't. I've got two other sons that, that are not fishermen, but he's, our, he's my guy. Very well said. Nikki, what, what would you say? Okay, what is it about you? Why, Nikki, fishing? I mean, I know the connection with your dad, too, but we'll talk about that in a second. But why do you think, man, I like this. I love this sport. Well, you know, at a young age, it was just like the, the nature and the wildness of holding a mullet and letting it kick in your hands. I uh -huh. love that. And, and my favorite part about fishing um, you know, as a kid was just getting into the boat and grabbing his face and, and seeing the, you know, this big creature right, yeah. right in your hands. And, mm -hmm. you know, and it was that and, you know, the connection with my dad and, you know, just being out there, being alone and, like you said, tranquil. Yeah, and people need to do that. What, okay, if I'd ask you, what is your most favorite memory 
with fishing with this guy, what would it be? Just, just knee-jerk reaction, Nikki. Like, uh, okay, you have one memory that's like, yeah. So one time we were shark fishing, and he, he, he hooked a shark, and he had it on his rod, uh -huh. and he went to pass it to me, and I, was, I think I was like seven or eight years old. He went to pass me the rod, and he thought I had it, but I didn't, so he let go, and the rod just went flying out the boat, right? And we're both looking at the rod, and my dad just jumps in the water with chum. We have barracuda hanging off the back of the boat. My dad jumps in the water and starts swimming after the rod, grabs the rod, and takes it, um, takes a, a bail, he puts the bail open, uh -huh. and he looks back, and the boat's drifting now. Uh -huh. Off the flat. Off the flat. And now he's sinking to water. Oh yeah. gosh. And it's mud, right? It's mud. And it's, I'm sinking up to my mid thighs. And Nikki's going, I'm by the motor going, <laughs> he's on the boat. Yes, I don't know how to run the boat. Yeah. He doesn't know how to turn around and come get me. And oh. now I'm so, now I'm like almost out of breath and I can't get to the boat. It's the distance, I'm not closing the distance. Yeah. So I take the drag off the reel, because I'm not gonna let the shark have my rod and start uh. swimming. I'm not I'm not that smart, yes. right? So I take the drag off, I go, okay, I gotta get to the boat. And so I start this whole mindset, this athletic mind came got kicked in, yeah. and I made it to the boat and climbed back in, and you know, the world was saved oh, <laughs> for man. the day. But you know, I see Nikki, here's this little kid with big eyes, like, Dad, I'm with the sharks, and he's with a floating boat that's going off to sea. And see, that's a memory, though. That's what's so amazing about talking to you guys, and, and, and more father and sons should, should, should do this. More, I mean, moms and sons or whoever, because it builds memories. I mean, as much as I love fishing, the tug, as you said, the adventure. It's you all know, about that, isn't it, it? It is, and it's the connection. I mean, when I think the greatest window that we had as a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have been connected in, you know, so, so tightly for so many years with our yeah. fishing, but the family, the two other sons that I have, mm -hmm. the three of them were racing motorcycles. And so therefore, about four years, we had a 20-foot race trailer and seven race bikes, and, and Chrissy and I were taking the kids to practice on Thursday nights, yes. and uh, we were getting you know Cuban sandwiches you know during the, you know the practice laps and going to the races on the weekend. And kids were falling and crying and getting hurt and dragging them out and fixing motorcycles and. That was unbelievable mm -hmm. because it was a connection. That's right. Sure, we all wanted to win races, but it was a bigger, bigger issue than than winning. It was a family that was connected through all these moving parts. And if one part got out of sync, the whole family got disrupted. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was kind of like the, the little bit of the glue that kept the family together for that window of time. It was awesome. I think that you can agree, maybe yeah. not, but that was some of the best years. For with sure. your brother and your and your parents. Best years of, the, of my childhood, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay, talk to me about patience in fishing because, okay, I look at someone like you and Nikki, you guys, wow, okay, how, man, you must really be patient. You know, it doesn't not make sense. I used to ski at 100 miles an hour for a living. I mean, I'm wired. So how do you fish at zero? Yeah. You know, but it's, you know, once you get in tune with with the fishery, and mm -hmm. it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, this is an evolution that's taken me 30 years to yep. get there. And it's almost like a Zen state, and it's almost not like, it's almost separate from a fish and a fisherman. Yeah. It's like you're a part of the whole. Mm -hmm. And so the patience part is this understanding that this is just what we do. And it's not a numbers game. We're not gonna catch all these fish. This is quality. And the quality is as much being alone out there in the middle of nowhere as it is being connected to the animal. 
and then once all of a sudden you get connected with the animal. And also, what's really a beautiful thing about what we do catching these big fish with flies is that we're communicating to the fish, as you know, yes. with your fly. Mm -hmm. You bump, bump, you tap. Oh, I kind of like that. You like this? Bump, bump. <laughs> Yeah, and all of a sudden it's like you're getting hit by lightning, mm -hmm. but it's survivable. That's right. And, and so you have you know, all this downtime that's interrupted by total chaos that lasts for like a, a millisecond that you go, oh my God, I've never been more alive in my life. Yeah. So it's that sacrifice in time to get you know, to that level of excitement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then catching the fish is a whole different you know, dimension, you know, trying to catch a big animal on light tippet. That, that's very eloquent. Okay, Nikki, what about perseverance? I know, I know a patient, patience and perseverance is sort of alike, but I mean, as, a, as an outdoorsman, obviously you're a great hunter and fisherman. How about perseverance? In other words, crashing through quitting points, because a lot of times, I mean, I, I'm so ADD. If I'm fishing, let's say for example, I'm like, man, I, but you got to crash through, don't you? Yeah. Well, today was a great example. It was overcast and, uh -huh. and rainy, and you know, I found myself looking in the water for five hours and haven't seen a fish yet. And five hours, no fish. No fish. And you know, my mind started racing, and I started getting distracted. But then I caught up, and I was like, if I get distracted, I'm gonna see a fish, and I miss my shot. Yeah. It's just like a. It's just like golf. What you said. You know, every shot counts. And you just you got to pay attention. You got to fight through the hard times, and you know, sooner or later you're gonna get that shot, or you're gonna, you know, get that opportunity to catch that fish. Um, and Tell them about the patience part of your mind today. So what? Yeah, what I was saying to my dad is basically today I learned that you have to pace yourself when when you're when you're being focused and, and scanning the flat, or else. Or because if you are up here in your, uh, um, your focus uh -huh. and all your, you know, you're, you're looking so hard for that fish. The intensity. The intensity. You can't do that for eight hours with that intensity so high. So you got to kind of pace yourself, you know. Let your mind, um, you don't think about a lot of things. And basically just pace, pace yourself because you very, can't. I've never thought about that. It's very well said. You know, once, you, once you're at that intensity for an hour or two hours, you get tired, and then I start dozing off. And right. then there's my shot, there's my opportunity, and I miss it. So, so pace yourself. Okay. Yeah. How, about, how, how, okay, how about creativity in fishing? Now, I, I understand about the creativity when you're out there. We talked about that. But how, how fishermen to me are creative, Andy. Well, again... And I know you design, I mean, Andy designs... Fly rod, fly out, you do all this. I mean, you, you got to be creative. You do, because it's not one-dimensional. How about vision for a fisherman? I think you need to have vision, like, okay, I have this optimistic attitude. I'm going to go out there. I can see myself, you know, catching the fish, hooking the fish, not setting, you know, not, not strip striking too fast and all right. that. Well, emotional highs and lows are so extreme. It's like, you know. It's life. Yeah, but this is magnified by <laughs> yes, a thousand over in a period of yes. an hour, oh my as gosh. you've seen. Yes, it is. You know, and that's, that's really the hard part of becoming really good at this is the composure that you really need when you've got a lot of chaos happening in front of you. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, Andy, let me ask you. Here you are, an Olympian, world championships, etc. 
So you're saying even in tarpon fishing before, you've lost your composure. It's messed oh. you up. Oh, I yanked the fly out of a tarpon's face for 10 years. I mean, like, I'm so hyper. Like I said, I skied at 100. See, that makes all of us feel good, doesn't it, Nikki? It does, yeah. And Nikki, <laughs> is it true that you call your father Captain Breakoff? Is that true? <laughs> yeah, it is true, yeah. Andy, I can't believe yeah. that. How much of it when you win at a certain level is a little bit of luck? I mean, okay, let's say skiing, Andy. How much of that would be just a little bit? I, I use the word luck. You, you know what I'm saying, too? You, you need to have a lot of luck in everything you do. But uh, hard work makes up for exactly. luck. Exactly. It gets you to that level. But even still, even still, wouldn't you say, had you not, I mean, you could have been a gold medalist if with just a little... Yeah, you know what, but I would rather rely on hard work. I would too, I'm just saying. Because, you know, luck comes and goes. It and, does. And, and, and for sure, you know, with a little bit of luck, you know, um, I could have had a medal on that day. Yes, no doubt. But with a little bit of luck, I've, I could have won more tarpon tournaments. But I won a lot because of hard work. Yes, you and did. And just getting really good. Yeah. You know, as a skier... In retrospect, you know, you can't change stuff. And if I had anything to change, you know, possibly it would have been having a little bit more of a grounded, emotional, you know. Um, Interesting. You know, state of mind. But when you're 16 and 18, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> yes, it is. You're nobody's stable at 16. No, they're not. Well, he's no. the only one I've ever seen. Yeah, he probably, he probably was. Yeah, he was. Okay, now, Nikki, how about you? What would you say in all the competition? I'm... And what I'm saying, a given that you're a great athlete, that you are at this level, how much you think? Yeah, I do think luck plays into it, but I don't, you know, I don't think every tarpon tournament you won or no, was no, no, all, it's not luck. No, no, yeah, but no, I think luck does play a little bit into it. I mean, I could have fallen when I was 12 years old and been paralyzed from the neck down. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was lucky that I had great parents mm -hmm. that 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 moved the family to Aspen, so my environment, my exposure was perfect to be a skier. He's, he's really lucky to have the DNA that he has. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's where yeah. the big luck really plays a role. Yes. And then unlucky, you know, with certain events, you might not win one of the biggest car races like Monaco or Indy because of bad luck, but with a long career, Hard work and, and, and excellence, I think, will overcome that luck. I and you totally... Eventually, you eventually win. Very well said. Very well said. you got to just show up and be committed, crash through quitting points, work your butt off. Everybody has bad luck and everybody has good luck. That's right. But it's the ones who really keep to the grindstone with passion and heart That's and it. belief. You're starting to preach now, Andy. Those guys are going to get Pastor Andy Mill. They're going to get <laughs> That's right, Pastor Andy Mill. You heard it. He's a preacher, too. You didn't know that, did you, Nikki? No. Yeah. That's I a, every day. Yeah, yeah, listen. That's a great nickname for him. I'm going to start calling Pastor Andy Mill. <laughs> I like it. This has a good ring to it. Yeah. yeah. Luck, too, is with a parent and a child relationship in that yep. it's just the old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And with him, I've been so lucky because he's gravitated to my world. And as a father, I basically has, have given you know, my other children the same advice. I'm the same father to them, but I'm lucky that everybody's healthy to start with. Yes. But I'm especially lucky that in, in my separate selfishness as a fisherman, mm -hmm. he's gravitated to my world. Yeah. And without that little bit of luck, I mean, he's got fishing DNA. Yes, he does. So with that being said, I, I would say that the luckiest thing that's ever happened to me is to have him in my life. Wow, Andy. That's powerful.
<laughs> that is powerful. Yes, it know. is. But that's that's the ultimate luck, right? Isn't that there. great? That is, isn't it? And it's not luck. I don't, I don't think that's luck. I think I think that I, I think that's intentionality on your part. I think that you, Andy, as a father, have shared that passion, and he he's caught it. I mean, he. I do. Well, I well here say. too, I think as a father, you can you can always you know advise and hope. That's true. But the best example is is a living example. You got it, man. And, and he's gravitated to my world, even though he might not agree with me. He has because he's still here. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's awesome. Well, Nikki, thank you so much thank for um, carving out some time to, to hang out with us. Andy, it's, it's always a pleasure. You, you, you guys are great, man. Thank you. Amazing. Nikki and Andy Mill, fishing on a whole nother level and doing life on a whole nother level as well. Thank you for listening to Leadership Uncensored. Check back the 1st and 15th of every month for a brand new episode. If you're a pastor looking for creative sermons, transcripts, and media, visit creativepastors.com. For more leadership handles, follow Ed on social media and check out edyoung.com. If you are looking for a church, we hope to see you at Fellowship Church this weekend.